Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time, episode 40 of Bashamania. Today we have NCAA champion, three-time All-American, and associate head coach at Wisconsin, John Reeder, on the show. I could give a lengthy introduction for who John is and what he accomplished and why he's so important, but I just want to dive right into today's conversation. So if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, Anchor, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you do listen on Apple, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. But with all that said, let's just roll this intro and get the show started. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Mr. John Reeder, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Justin. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. I am so pumped to dive into this conversation. So I think the best place to start this conversation is that, you know, as I say on the show often, I was an absolutely terrible high school wrestler. And after high school, I didn't really follow wrestling for a couple of years. I actually kind of honestly got into a dark place and I worked myself out of that and a few years later I started getting things back in order again and uh, around that same time I started watching wrestling again and of course as the casual fan does I watched NCAAs. As I was watching NCAAs at the same time I'm launching a marketing company in 2007-2008 I was watching Kel Sanderson and listening to them talk about him and realizing that he just wasn't marketing himself the way that I thought he should. So I reached out to him, and lo and behold, Cal Sanderson became one of my first clients. All right. And when he was coaching you, I became a fan of you because, hey, I'm a Cal guy, <laughs> and, and you're somebody Cal was coaching. So it, it was fun. I remember rooting for you back you know, when you were competing in college and, and starting to follow you then. So I'm pumped to have this conversation. I guess we'll start right away with, you know, what was it like going through college where, you know, I want to kind of talk about a little bit when you're younger, but I'm so curious what it was like. You got to be one of the only few people who was coached by Cal, wrestled and competed against Cal, and now you're coaching against him on the D1 Big Ten level. What has your relationship been like with Cal over these years? Oh, it's, it's been amazing. You know, it, it all started when he first started recruiting me. Um, I graduated high school at Davidson High School in 2006. Uh, coach started recruiting me in 2005, and, and, and it started right there. I mean, right from the get-go, I knew Coach Sanderson was a guy I wanted to wrestle for. Um, it was just a genuine relationship right from the very get-go. Um, he did a great job of building that relationship. And if you know me, I'm a relationship guy. I've got to trust you before I can fight for you. Yep. And uh, he did a great job. And, and it's been the same way through our entire relationship. You know, I still keep in contact with Coach and um, – it's been great from a professional standpoint. Now being on the other side of the Mattis coach, 
it's it's the same, right? We're still talking to each other. It's, it's a great relationship, and I wouldn't change it for the world. And and you seem very, you know, it's funny watching the Penn State Wisconsin duel. You saw afterwards everybody shaking hands, and I think he gave you like a bear hug. Like you could see the mutual admiration there between you guys. And you know, going back to when you were recruited by him, you were a really good wrestler throughout your youth and high school career. You were a three-time state champion. You know, I'm curious, what do you think led to your success early on? You know what? I think uh, the, the success early on was just, just the mentors I had in my life right from the, very, from the very get-go, you know, and from my youth, it was my parents right up to the opportunities they, give, they gave me to, to be surrounded by, you know, my, my youth coaches and my high school coaches, and they just kept directing me the right way, and I think their influence and their mentorship it, that's what made the difference. They kept putting me around the right people, um, and it eventually led to the opportunity to wrestle for Coach Sanderson. And it was a seamless transition into college because I was used to that. Um, I was used to that lifestyle of you know hustle, effort, and attitude, and doing whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself, and and just doing everything right in your life. Um, you know, so I had that from the from from the jump. And Coach Sanderson, that's what he's all about. So I, I got along with him right right away, and. Um, it, it was a great experience with him. And you talk about him recruiting you. What do you think it was in you that Cal liked from a recruiting standpoint? Because I'm curious, you know, I guess we'll talk about it in a few minutes when we talk about you being a coach now, but being on that side of the recruit, what was it that you tried to sell Cal on of, of why he should recruit you? And what do you think Cal saw in you initially? You know what? I don't, I don't think I necessarily was reaching out to anybody. I just, I was always at every single tournament. My, my, my parents gave us the opportunity. We, that was, uh, they put our, they put our future in front of their own. If you get what I mean, like every weekend we were at a turn, we were at a tournament or it was, it was our opportunities before their own. Right. And, uh, we were at every national tournament. So I think just, I was at, I was at every tournament. So I was always being seen by somebody. Right. And I think, uh, just a willingness to compete and, um, and just chasing down, you know, the aggressive style. I think, I think that was what, uh, made me good and, you know, coming up and I just needed to be directed the right way. And, um, I, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change it for the world. I think he's a, a phenomenal coach. He was a great mentor to me. He led me to a lot of a great assistant coaches that were around him. Um, and if you look at his blueprint, he is, he is the guy who is doing it, you know, for a collegiate coach, he is the guy and he's doing it right right now. You know, everybody's trying yep. to be like Penn state. So, um, he's doing it right, and you know I, I I wouldn't change my experience for the world. And it's funny too because this conversation can go in thirty seven different directions. When I was trying to organize it, it's like there's so many different little one offs I have, like questions I have from different things. But you know, I guess we'll go in two different directions. The, the first being, you know, it's interesting if you look at your career that you were you posted both an undefeated senior year in high school and in college. And I'm curious what led you, in your opinion, what led you to be able to have such dominant success in that way? You know, I think, uh, you know, I was just determined. I was willing to do whatever it took to, to be at the top and, and, and in every which way of my life, whether it was, you know, just putting my head down and working harder. Um, I was a guy that was willing. And now being on the other side of, of uh, you know, being an athlete, now a coach, I think it comes down to I can teach you, I can show you, I can hold your hand all day long, 
But if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself, it's going to be a long road. It's going to be hard. Um, I was always that guy that would do whatever it took. I wasn't the most athletic guy by any means, but I was willing to do whatever it took. Um, and I think Coach Sanderson saw that in me, um, and and he ran with it. Right? He needed to, you know, polish, you know, the rough edges and 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 keep me in a box. But it eventually led to me accomplishing, you know, the goals that we set out to to win a national title, and it eventually came to fruition. And this is a complete different direction too, but you know, it's one of those things that, again, as I was kind of listening to different interviews you've done and. I always try to listen to as much as I can to really pull out as much as I can for everybody listening. And, you know, it's I, I listened to an interview you gave after, excuse me, you did the Dave Schultz tournament in 2017. And I remember your gratitude put on display. And it was almost like you had that, what people know now is like that Penn State type of response, like that gratitude. Like, I think you said three times in three minutes, like, listen, anytime I get a chance to wrestle here on U.S. soil, I'm pumped, I'm grateful. You know, you, you have that proper perspective. Was that something you had early on? Was that something Cal contributed to? Like, what was it for you that got you to that place? Like, you can tell you you have such gratitude in, in being in your athletic career, in your coaching career. What do you think led to that? all that perspective being so locked on? You know, I think uh, I think no doubt about it. Coach Sanderson and his staff um, they preach to that to, to us every day, right? They were they were always saying, you know, you got to be grateful for the opportunity to step out there and and to be able to glorify God and do and and showcase your skills and and be able to compete, right? Because you never know which day is going to be your last one, and you know your career goes very fast, and you don't ever want to look back and and have any regrets. So I was always grateful, and anytime I. I had the opportunity to compete. I was always looking to have fun, right? And and that was something that if I look back on my career, Coach Sanderson never made it. Um, he never made it where it was like, uh, you know, it was like it wasn't fun. It was always fun for us. It was always stress free. It was always just let's go out there and have have a good time and, and compete to the best of our ability. And I promise you, I've trained you guys the right way, and I've shown you the um, the right way to win, and, and just go out there and do what you're do what you uh you've been taught and you know only because we're talking with the dave schultz and i just brought this up with a few different guys in the podcast you know ncaa's wrestling in general is funny but ncaa's is funny too and you know we're getting to that time of year where you know big tens is, is this weekend and then ncaa's and there's so much attention on athletes and you know ncaa's usually twenty, thirty thousand people this year it could be upwards of 40 and you see the guys, like you see, I think one of the most March-esque photos there is when it comes to wrestling is you with the head wrap on, bloody, you know, head wrap, blood coming through everywhere. And that kind of defines the March picture. And I don't think what's clear about that is a couple months later, most wrestlers are in tournaments where they're in gyms like the Bill Farrell or the Dave Schultz where the attention goes from every casual fan in the country to diehards and maybe a thousand people watching what was it like after you graduated from college and you started to go on the international scene wrestling and not having that spotlight on like was it I'm, I'm curious if your gratitude and your passion is what kind of made you continue because you see a lot of guys now they want to go the MMA route they want the attention they want that spotlight that like hey I want to put on in front of a big crowd 
And with wrestling, it's almost the opposite. You go from NCAAs, and it's kind of down from there. Smaller gyms, you know, you really got to have that passion and gratitude. And I'm curious what that what that switch was like from being on that big stage of NCAAs to some of those smaller tournaments, overseas tournaments. What was that like? You know what? I, I uh, completely agree. The, in, the, the times is from the moment you graduate, it's almost a uh, – it's a complete change, right? You know, the senior level circuit, at least when I was um, on the circuit, I know there's a lot more opportunities now, but I, there weren't, you weren't going through that college grind. You weren't going through, you know, every week you weren't competing. Um, the spotlight, you know, some of the tournaments were, you know, overseas and, you know, smaller gyms, smaller crowds. But I'll tell you what, there is no greater feeling than putting on that American flag on the back of your singlet with your name on it, and you're going over there with all your American buddies, and you're going and competing against other countries. I, there is no greater feeling, right? I, I promise you that. Once you felt that and put those straps up and you go and compete against a foreign country, there's nothing better, man. There really is nothing better. Um, but you do miss those large crowds, right? You, you do miss those large crowds. And I understand why these guys like to go in MMA. They want that. They want that. Uh, that bigger draw, but. I think USA wrestling has come so far in just the last 10 years since I've been competing. I mean, they, they've done a fantastic job. USA wrestling is starting to build these events a bigger and better. And, um, USA wrestling is at an all time high. I mean, look at, look at the names and look at the, the, the medals we're bringing home to the USA. It's, it's a great time for USA wrestling. It's an amazing time. Like, you know, even uh, I'm kind of ingrained now with the podcast and my marketing company and, and everything I'm involved in. But, you know, this is the first year. Like, I'm, I think I got travel like four out of five weekends between Big Tens, NCAAs, Last Chance, Olympic Trials. Um, it is at a different level now. And I'm curious, you know, throughout your senior level career, I'm curious, you know, over the last decade, what changes you think you've seen in the sport? Ooh, I, I, you know what? I think they've, they've done a better job of, of, of building the, the excitement around athletes. I think that they're, uh, the social media, the, the, the day and age we're in now in social media, it wasn't as big 10 years ago and even 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, you know, can you imagine the names that would be even more legendary just because of the social media presence 20 right. years ago? Right. You know, you, you got guys that, that were legends that that kind of got lost, you know, just because of there was no access. The general fan didn't they didn't get that build up to a certain guy. Just take an example like Chris Bono, right? He's he's a he's a well known name now, but you, could you imagine when he was competing for for world teams and and, and Olympic trials and and whatever? Could you imagine right. how big his name really would could could have potentially have been, right? I you know you think about that, but I think now just in the last 10 years, it's exploded, right? You, you've really been able to see the personality and in individuals. You've been able to let them be their own person. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's amazing. I, I love let, seeing these guys have their own personalities and it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to see. And, you know, you talk about this last decade and you, you have seen I me mean, over the last decade, you went from graduating and winning a national championship to competing on, on the world level and making world teams and, and competing in Olympic trials. And I'm curious, you know, during that transition, I guess the, the first stop really is, what has your relationship been with Bono throughout that time? Because I, I think a lot of people are 
starting to pay more and more attention to the sport. Now, like you said, and I don't think people realize how far back your relationship with Coach Bono goes. What is that relationship like, and where does that start? You know what? It started in 2005. So Coach Bono actually was on as an assistant coach to Bobby Douglas. Uh, Bobby Douglas was the head coach when I was getting recruited by Kale and, and Coach Douglas and, and, and Coach Bono. So he actually had reached out to me as well when he was on staff at Iowa State in 2005. Um, so it started there, right? I, 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 you know, I, I knew of him. I, I, I used to see him in magazines, watch him wrestle as a kid. Um, but, it, you know, fast forward, we kind of reconnected my junior year when Coach Sanderson went to Penn State. Uh, Kevin Jackson came in as the, the head coach at Iowa State my junior year. Um, so, and he brought in Coach Bono as, as his uh, top assistant my junior year. And then we reconnected, and it was – it was in, instantaneous. It was, it was, we are so much alike. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. We're just, you know, everything about him. I'm attracted to the, his mentality of the way he approaches his daily lifestyle. You want to talk about a guy who's fired up about life, who wants to be the best version of himself. You know, he's, he's just a good, he's a good mentor. And every time, um, you know, every situation I've been in, he's always been there for me. Right. And, we're big on loyalty. I'm a big guy on loyalty, and you know I've been loyal to the day for him, and he's he's been the same for me. And I couldn't ask him for uh, for anything else. So, it's no, been good. He, he coached you throughout your international career, right? Right. So he so he got. Uh, I went to the Olympic Training Center after I graduated college in 2011. I spent two years there, right? So I was kind of in this phase where I was like, you know, I needed a little bit of a change from. From what I was doing, I wanted to have a little bit more focus on just strictly freestyle and, and yep. be able to you know travel the world and really dedicate my, myself. And that's what I told myself. When I left Iowa State, I said, listen, if I'm going to really make a run at this, I want to engulf myself completely into freestyle wrestling, put my, myself around the, the top people you could possibly be around, the best nutritionists, the best strength coaches. And, and at the time, I truly thought that was the Olympic Training Center. Um, you know, so I spent my two years there and, and had a great experience, um, didn't accomplish my goals. But at the end of, uh, I think it was World Team Trials in 2013, I believe, um, I, I fell short of, of making the world team. And, and Coach Bono reached out to me and, you know, it was it, we picked up right right away again. And we had talked, you know, over the last couple of years when I was at the Olympic Training Center. He was always checking in, making sure I was doing okay and getting whatever I needed. But he got a job at South Dakota State. And yep. he reached out and said, listen, I got a position for you. At least come out and check it out. And I had no idea. You know, I'm like, where is South Dakota? Where is Brookings, South Dakota? man? Where, <laughs> right. you know, I, I'm like, why do I want to be there? But you know what, coach? I will take a trip just because I love you and I have a ton of respect for you. And, you know, I, I flew out there and I fell in love with, with the vision of what he had for that program and, and just the energy behind his passion to make that program relevant again and, and to bring it to where it was a national powerhouse by the, by the end of year five or six when we were there, it was, it was phenomenal. So everything he's, he touches is gold, really. And, you know, it's funny because uh, one of the things I always do too, like when I'm preparing to have somebody on here is I try to really watch old matches and go through different things. And I saw, you know, like even, it's funny. I guess we can talk about it for a minute, but like, you know, you kind of made it a 
you said it's not a comeback because you were training, but you kind of made a comeback on the competition side in 2017 and when 79 kilos got introduced. And in that interview, I think it was with USA Wrestling through Dave Schultz, you were talking about how you felt kind of sluggish and, and kind of slow and bulky at 86. And then I watched the match with you and Ed Ruth where you guys put up 42 points, which is like not normal right like 42 points in a match it's just <laughs> ed, ed was an animal man he could score from anywhere and it was always fun wrestling him he's a, he's a great uh he was a great opponent and a great friend and man was he tough and i'm curious because you know from the fan perspective like i'm hearing you say yeah 86 kilos i wasn't really comfortable in as you're scoring 18 points right and it's like at the same time i'm curious because being a high-level athlete takes so much self-awareness. And I think one thing I'm always curious about is what was that transition like from athlete to coach, both first, you know, competing while coaching a bit, and then at some point saying, all right, I'm just going to coach full-time. What was that transition like, and what kind of self-awareness process did that take for you to realize, like, hey, I'm done competing, I want to just coach now? You know what? It was hard. I'll, I'll be honest, Justin. It was hard. Um, you know, and I had a lot of support. I still do. And I, I don't, I think anybody will be kidding you if they think, uh, that you, that you're ever going to leave those, uh, those thoughts of, man, I wish I was still competing or, you know, I think I can still do it or, you know, whatever. I, I think you're going to have that for the rest of your life. But I think it came to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? Um, I don't want to be second, third, fourth. I mean, if I keep getting the same results, what, what, you know, I, I want to be the guy on the team. Right. Um, and yeah, I had, I'd got third, fourth multiple times. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to direct all my attention in, in one, in one area. And it's going to be to help these guys accomplish the, their goals and their dreams of being a uh, national champs and eventually, you know, graduating and being world and Olympic champions. Um, that day was hard. It, it certainly was. And I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday having that conversation with, with coach Bono. He was the first guy I told and, um, you know, it was hard, but he, he completely understood and he's always been there a hundred percent. I think it's, uh, it's something you got to swallow and you got to be real with yourself, right? You gotta, you gotta have a real conversation and say, listen, what are your priorities? Where, where, you know, what are you doing? Right. Are you going to keep getting third and fourth? Is that what you want to do? Um, and I had just had a, you know, my, our first child. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's, let's get serious here and, and focus on coaching. And did you see a difference with how you approached coaching once you were full time? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I, if you know me, I'm, I'm a hundred percent committed in, in every area of that I, I, you know, I truly believe in and, I believed in those guys, but I also believed in my own career. So it was like I was splitting time. It was like I was almost cheating. You know, yeah. if I wasn't, if I wasn't going 100% here, I was not doing absolutely everything in my mind to help those guys. And it, 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 then you're losing sleep at night because you're like, you know what? I didn't do everything I could possibly do to help this guy. Right. Or hey, I didn't do every workout I was supposed to do because I I should have been here. But at the end of the day, I was given the opportunity to be able to do that. And not a lot of people are, not a lot of athletes are able to, to, to be able to be given an opportunity to split the time like that. Um, Coach Bono was from the, from the get-go. He said, listen, your, your job is to come in here. You're going to help me coach, but I want you to accomplish your goals. I'm going to live through you now. I'll, I'm going to travel the world with you now. If you got to go over to Turkey and compete, I'm coming with you. You know, so it was never like, hey, you got to be here. 
right. where you could be there. You know what I mean? So I, I, I fully am very grateful for that opportunity that he give, he gave me. And, and the administration at South Dakota State was very, very open. If I needed to go compete overseas, they were 100% behind me. And you kind of answered it, but I'm curious, once you made that transition and you're coaching now full-time, what do you think you started enjoying the most about it? Uh, you know what? I love the process because I, I enjoyed it myself. I love I loved seeing, you know, coming into preseason where your body was at and then, you know, right before November when you're competing and then, you know, the, the ups and the downs and, and then you, it leads into the postseason, you know, and that's the competitor's playground. That's where you want to be at. Like, you know, you know – it's just like Seth Gross, right? I, I use him as an example all the time. You can see this guy. He's 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 just ramped it up 10, 10 notches because it's championship season now. And you can see it. He's an ultra-focused guy, but he, it becomes even tighter. Everything comes even tighter. You triple down in every area of your life. And um, that's what I love to see. I like to, like to see those guys that are willing to do whatever it takes to, to be that to be like that. Um, but – Certainly, there's a lot of areas that are that are enjoyable, and um, college coaching's fun. It, it's 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 really fun to see a, a kid come in as a freshman and the the development they have not only as an athlete but just as a man. You know, they're going to leave hopefully from the University of Wisconsin with one heck of a degree, but they're going to be they're going to be ready to be a, a great father and a great citizen in the community. And you know, it's funny too. Like, I so appreciate. I used to not kind of understand it, but, you know, Cal, when Cal moved to Penn State, that's when him and I began a really good friendship, and, and he kind of treated me like I was an alumni of the program. When I came in, he'd introduce me to the guys before practice, and over the years, he made me feel like I was a Penn State guy, even though I didn't go there. And I'm curious, when you go from competing at a college, and I can't imagine the sense of pride you have for going to Iowa State, winning a, a championship, being all in. And then you go to a different school. You go to Wisconsin to coach. And you can tell, like, you're all in. You drank the Wisconsin Kool-Aid. You're 100% a Badger. What was that like? Did that happen kind of instantly, or did that take time to adjust to that? No, I think it happened instantly. Um, you know, it may be different for some individuals, but it was definitely instantly for me um, being around people that want to win. All right. And, and it's okay to say it. They, 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 they say it all the time. We're, we're in the business of winning and we're going to do it the right way. But university of Wisconsin's in, in, in the business of winning. And I love that, man. I love being around people that want to win and, um, you know, being around high level people, but absolutely, you know, it's just like you said with coach Sanderson, as soon as you got the Penn state, um, you got to turn the page and, and now you're, you're an Indy lion and, and you move forward and you, 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 you both feet are in the door. Yeah, and it's such a fun thing to watch. You know, it, it. I admire it so much when I see somebody going into a school. And you are walking into a school where it's a Big Ten D1 program. Not everybody gets those opportunities. Even NCAA champions, even like you were a three-time All-American. Not everybody gets that opportunity to be involved in coaching at such a program. What was it like to get to Wisconsin, being in the Big Ten, knowing that you and Bono can continue that um, that sense of pride and urgency that you guys had at SDSU, like you set out to create something, and now you get to do this at Wisconsin. What was that like when you guys went over there? Oh, like it was it was unbelievable, right? We had done something special at South Dakota State at a at a smaller university, 
you, you jump to a, a big time program in University of Wisconsin, like you said, Big Ten, Big Ten Conference. That W goes goes worldwide, right? So being involved with something so much bigger than what you've been used to, and um, this is what we had always told ourselves: listen, you know, this is why you're in college athletics to have the opportunity. There's not too many universities in the country that have the opportunity to be national champions. The University of Wisconsin has that, right? They have that. They can recruit worldwide. They can recruit to anybody's house. Um, and they have the resources and they have one heck of a, um, uh, academics at the University of Wisconsin. So when Coach Bono got the, uh, the phone call, very, very grateful. We have some of the best administration. Um, and that's what makes a difference. Right when you got administration that are willing to do whatever it takes and to give you the opportunity to, to make it your program and say, listen, I, I see your vision. You guys want to be the best in, in, in the country. You guys want to, you know, you don't want to compete for national titles, um, and we're 100% behind you. So you, you got guys like Chris McIntosh and Barry Alvarez, who's one of the most influential guys in, in college athletics as our athletic director, right? Um, you know, you got Chris McIntosh, who's his second man and his right hand man, who's who played in the NFL, so he gets that 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 competitor mindset. Um, sure. Doug, you know, Doug T. The list goes on and on and on. But being around people that have been at a high level in their own uh, athletic careers, I think that that also makes a big difference too, because they kind of understand they understand the athletic side of things as well, not just the you know the nitty gritty paperwork stuff, but being the, being uh, given our, the opportunity to be at Wisconsin, man, we couldn't be more grateful. And you mentioned recruiting. I'm curious, you know, what, what has it been like for that to be able to enter that recruiting age where I know Coach Bono talks about all the time the importance of recruiting. And as soon as he gets to a program like Wisconsin, you got to hit the ground running and start recruiting. What has it been like for you in that recruiting process of being on the other end of it and I'm curious, too, for young listeners who might be listening now, what do you look for when you're recruiting someone? If, if there's a kid out there that wants to be a D1 recruit and they want you looking for them, what is it that you look for in recruits? You know what? We, we look for, kind of to, to preface what you were saying, recruiting is 100% the lifeline of, of your – it's a major part of your program. And that was the, the first thing we needed to do when we got our, our, our feet on the, in the ground and and Madison was to hit the ground recruiting and, and making sure we were hitting the, the entire state of Wisconsin, being accessible to any high school coach in the area. Um, and, but like I said, it was no longer being able just to recruit our, our geographic area and the surrounding states. I mean, that W, you would be surprised how far it reaches. Um, and it really gets the door open. And you're able to, to get them to the university, the unit, you're able to get them on campus. And once you get them on campus, man, that's where you're able to show your personality and show your team. Uh, and I think that's half the battle, right? Someone from, you know, the East coast or the West coast doesn't necessarily want to come to the Midwest if they're, you know, it was just hard for, for where we were at in our previous university. Right. Um, being able to bring a kid from the East coast or the West coast, when they hear Wisconsin, they're like, sure, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to come check it out. Because uh, that Badger, that W is, is worldwide. But um, what we look for in recruits, I think that's a that's a loaded question. But I, I think there's 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 things that we certainly look for as far as you know guys that love to compete, guys that like I said are willing to sacrifice and willing to do whatever it takes to be the best version of themselves. 
But not only that, we want we want good students, right? At the end of the day, we are student athletes. We want guys that are going to graduate when they're done. Um, and if I have any advice for kids that are that are younger and are looking to be recruited by the University of Wisconsin or any Big Ten program or, or any program um, in the country, make sure you're taking care of your academics, right? Make sure that you do not uh, do not let academics dictate your future, right? Don't let your academics bring in an obstacle because you you know you got a little bit lazy in the classroom and now opportunities start to go out the door because we see it all the time right there's there's great talent that that gets swept under um and, and gets lost because the the academics don't meet meet up with with the criteria that it takes to get into the university um so certainly i think academics is a, is a big part of it but you want those tangibles of, of guys that love to to compete guys that love to uh, just live that right lifestyle, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing rocket science, but uh, we look for that. I think sometimes people forget the basics, right? Academics, grinding it out, working hard. Like sometimes people think it's it's some magic formula. That's kind of why I didn't set you up for that question, but it's one of the reasons I, I posed it that way is because I know kids are wondering, like, how can I get recruited by a D1 program? And the right? answer is not some crazy algorithm it's put your academics first work hard be willing to do everything like it's those basics i know it from business what's helped me win in business is is doing the basics being diligent being on time you know i I love the poster we put out a a graphic at scrap life like last year with with um taylor and it was like 10 things you can always do no matter what you know and it's like i don't remember them all but it was like being on time control your attitude put in max effort like all those things and it's so overlooked amen absolutely so speaking of wisconsin and the badgers it's obviously a big weekend big 10 weekend um there's so much to to focus on what are you most excited for this weekend uh, I'm driving, like I said, I'm driving from uh, the Jersey States right now, so I, I can't wait to get back with the team, and we are fired up. I, I think this is the healthiest our, our guys have been. We're, we're excited. We're fired up. We're focused. Um, like I said, this is the time of year you see competitors start to rise, and you start to see uh, guys, you know, they start tripling down, and um, this is the time that you want to be healthy. This is the time you want to be focused. Um, and, and I believe that's where we're at. So I'm excited. Conference tournament. Last year was my first Big Ten tournament um, experience in that. It was great. The energy is unbelievable. The Big Ten tournament is tough. I think it, uh, it it's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, it's my first time going to a Big Ten tournament. I'm absolutely pumped. And I know a lot of people are pumped for the 133, which everybody can understand why. What are your thoughts on Seth Gross for this weekend? I think it's great. I think Seth Gross is going to put himself in a great position to to uh, to win his first Big Ten title. Just because I see the guy every single day and I see what – like I, I keep going back to the word the willingness to do whatever it takes. This guy um, is willing to do whatever it takes. And just his his commitment uh, to, to doing the things right every day, I think he is at a place right now where he's, he's really, really hungry. And um, I think the more that these guys wrestle him – uh, you know, a lot of people think they say that uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna be a better match the next time they wrestle Gross. It's not like that. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy figures guys out quickly. He makes in you know he makes adjustments very very uh, well, and um, I'm excited for him. I think he's really ready to go and he's focused. He's he's got a lot of energy. He's happy, and 
Uh, we're excited for him. And he's smart. Like, he's a smart kid. I, I know him pretty well, and I know Bono was telling me when I had him on the podcast, like, right after, I don't know if it was, I think it was the DeSanto match. Like, right after, it's like, okay, this is what I got to do. I got to work on this. And I got to work on that. And I'm curious, like, is that the general is that the general sense of how things go at Wisconsin or a lot of kids like that? Like wanting to like Trent Hilger has a tough weekend, right? With, with so many guys in that loaded heavyweight bracket. Is there's that same mentality from other guys too? Like I, I want to get right to work on these things and, yeah, and I want to you know, do whatever it takes. Absolutely. These guys are ready. And, and like I said, you can, you, you can tell and it, 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 you can sit back and you can see the guys that are excited for this opportunity and grateful for the opportunity to, to go out there and, and showcase their skills. These guys look forward to competing. Um, they're looking to have some fun this weekend. And like you said, Trent Hilger, especially too, he's got a great, he's got a great uh, tournament, but we're looking for 10 guys to go out there and, and uh, go get a spot to the NCAA tournament. You know, one last question too, when it comes to a coach, cause I ask the athletes all this all the time. And as an athlete, you'll probably understand this question too. You know, I'm always curious on expectation. Like, guys come into college and, and they have this expectation, like, I'm going to be a four-time national champ. And, and and when it doesn't happen for most guys, you have to reset and say, okay, I didn't do this, time for the next goal. As a coach, what's your expectation for your athletes where, regardless what happens, you know, sometimes you can't be satisfied based on a win or a loss. What is it for you where your expectation is met if something happens? You know what? I, I obviously, I believe in all 10 of our guys, but I, I, our expectation every time they step foot on that mat is to give us your best hustle, effort, and attitude. And, and that's, that's with every single guy. And, and when the match ends, um, it is what it is, right? We'll live with the results. But if you've, if you've let anything hang on the table, then, then obviously we're not giving our, our, our best effort, right? And, and we've got to be able to adjust that. So when we got 10 guys that are giving their best hustle for an attitude, we're going to be happy. Um, so we're excited. We're at a great place right now. And um, I think those, those, are, uh, those are our expectations. Those are realistic expectations. And uh, we want 10 guys going to the NCAA tournament because ultimately the, the goal is to get to the NCAA tournament and then go make some noise, right? If we can get 10 guys right. to the NCAA tournament, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I agree. So I'll tell you this too. A lot of guys, you know, when they come out of high school, I think the expectations are, you know, being able to come in and be instantly, you know, compete with the, the top guys in the room. And I love the attitude, but you got to be able to, you know, the lows can't get too low, right? When you're when you're a young guy, you got to be, you got to stay diligent and doing the right things and making sure you're working on the necessary things to to keep coming along and. I think that right, that that first year in college is very important to to uh, to build that foundation, and it's important for young guys to to have the leadership of uh, the older guys to show them the way. As an athlete, how did you manage those highs and lows? Like I, that's another thing I ask a lot on the show is like, you know, you do wrestling is such an intense sport. Like my wife is starting to get it because when I'm watching some of these matches and guys that I care about, you get so invested, and I can't imagine as an athlete how invested you get with the highs and the lows in the sport how do you balance that and if somebody's listening right now who has an issue with you know dealing with depression or the highs and the lows of the sport like how did you deal with that man you know what it, it was difficult at first because you you want to win so bad you want you want the results to be there you know you think that you know the results should be instantaneous and 
you should see instant results because you worked hard, right? Well, you're not, you're not, you're not guaranteed anything, right? You're not guaranteed guaranteed anything, but you are guaranteed that if you put your best effort, your best, uh, you know, you bet you put your best foot forward that the, you know, the best result may happen, right? So I think just being able to reset. I was lucky enough to have a lot of great support system around me and um, being able to experience those things for my own career. Cause I, I can tell you, I've had a lot more lows than I've had highs, but it was being able to hit that reset button and say, listen, what's happened in the past is, is happened. Now, how do we make the correct adjustments and push forward? Because um, what, how I handle it from here on determines everything, right? I can't let that baggage walk with me. I got to be able to let it go make the adjustments and, and push forward because I, I, I'm a prime example of that. My junior year, I, I don't remember what I was seated, but I lost first round in the NCAA tournament, right? I was that guy that, you know, on the NCAA or on the, on the um, I think Sandy or whoever the announcer was, was like, oh, big time, upset first round, John Reeder goes down in the first <laughs> round, right? I was that right, guy, yep. you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of other things that were, that, you know, you could have, could have done you could have just packed it in and said i'm going home right but it was how do you make the adjustments pushing forward ultimately didn't get the goal of being an all-american my junior year i had a lot of different complications that 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 uh played into it but that summer i truly think that i figured out a lot about myself um because i really had to dig down deep man it was it was a dark time right after the NCAA tournament that it was it was touch and go there for a minute because, you know, your dreams of being that NCAA champ, it was crushed, right? And I'll never forget the talks that I had with Coach Bono and just the amount of time that he, he, he helped me build me build myself back up um, that I'll always, be, I'll always be grateful for what he has done for me. And I, I believe that, you know, he was a big reason why I won a national title my senior year. He built me back up to where I believed in myself and um, – my senior year, man, I was rocking, and I, I believed that when I stepped on the mat, there was nobody that could hang with me. And, um, it was just a, it was a fun year because I, I, I let it all hang out there. It was my last, it was my last go around, and um, I think your mentality is such an important aspect of of being an elite athlete. And the more I'm a coach, I see it because each individual is so different, and being able to master your own mind. Um, you got 10 different starters and each of them think a different way, right? Each of them is battling their own demons before they walk out of the mat. How do you get them to fully be confident in themselves before they walk out of the mat? Now that's a truck. That's a, that's a tricky question, right? You got to be able to, to, uh, you know, maneuver through that and figure out what, what triggers them to, to, to be an elite, you know, perform at a high level. But man, I'll tell you what, the more I'm around this, uh, this level of coaching, I, I think that the mental side of things is so important. It's not just the nutrition and, and the, you know, the amount of time you spend in the, in the weight room or uh, in the wrestling room. Certainly all of them are uh, very, very important. But I think that mental aspect of it as well is such a huge component. And I, I think there, that is uh, a lot of people don't understand that. No, they don't. And and I just had Jaden Cox on this podcast who talked about, you know, mental health struggles and things he've gone through. And I'm curious, this is a very timely the fact that we're we're having this conversation in early March before NCAAs where, you know, I, I gotta be honest, like I, I've gotten so many good relationships with these wrestlers that heading into 
NCAAs and Olympic trials especially, I'm so excited, but I'm also like nervous because I have friends who their dreams are going to come true and I have friends whose hearts are going to be shattered. And you know, you're going to see a lot of hearts shattered and dreams kind of either delayed or shattered NCAAs. If there's somebody listening who has that case, if let's say they're listening to this in April, they had an extreme disappointing NCAA tournament or maybe a high school postseason tournament like you lost a huge upset your junior year and then you rebounded and you were undefeated your senior year and, and capped it with a national championship what would you suggest they do man you know what I would just keep it as simple as I possibly could and and keep it very very um I want to say tight but everything was so it was, it was in the moment, right? I was living for the moment, for that moment, right? I was, I was never thinking about what had happened prior, and I was never thinking about what was going to come. I was always living in the moment, and I think that was a big part of why I felt like I was stress-free, right? When you're carrying that baggage from what had happened in previous rounds or in previous years or, you know, maybe I'll, it, will it happen to me again or – oh, man, I might have Johnny in the, the fourth round or X, Y, Z, right? If you keep right. it to that simple, let me, you know, keep your feet on the ground. Be where your feet are, if, if that makes sense. Um, yep. That was something that helped me a ton. And I think it was, you know, it was Bono just continually telling me, saying, listen, focus on what we're doing right now. Focus on who you got now. Don't keep it any – it's as simple as what you do in practice. You're trained to, to, to wrestle – I don't know, 45 minutes every day in practice, and you're going out and wrestling a seven-minute match. This is nothing, right? Go out there, execute your, our game plan. Um, something that Coach Douglas, it goes back to Coach Douglas, and Coach Bono had me do this as, as one of his athletes was, and Coach uh, Sanderson did the same thing, um, was we would, I would write down my game plan on a, on a flashcard, right? I would, I, and it got as simple as that, and I would carry that with me. I would have it in my bathroom. I'd have it in my gym bag. Um, I would walk myself through each 30 second clip, each minute clip. What was I supposed to be doing at a minute 30? Now, obviously things can adjust on the fly, but I saw the way I wanted to wrestle a thousand times before it would ever happen. And I would, I would see myself get my hand raised a thousand times before it ever happened. I saw myself jumping into my coach's arms, my senior year, winning a national title a million times before it had ever happened, before it was ever going to happen, right? Um, yep. And like I said, bringing back to that mental aspect, um, it's so powerful, man. It, it's so powerful. And I, I think you you truly um, you truly gain a lot of confidence in that. When you continually see yourself doing things, and you, you see yourself, the positive affirmations are important. Yeah, they are. And I don't think there's enough focus on, on mental... Uh, both mental strength and the mental game of it all. So I'm grateful you touched on that. Well, listen, man, I'm going to let you go. I know you got a busy weekend ahead and selfishly I'm excited because I'm going to see you tomorrow. All right. So. All right. I could talk to you all day, man. <laughs> I really appreciate it again. Of course, man. Listen, I'm sure you're going to be on here again. This isn't, this might be the first, but it's not the last time you'll be on this show. So yeah, thank I like you for it. making time and I'll see you tomorrow, man.
All right, Justin, I appreciate it. And that is today's show. Thank you for tuning in and for listening. Let me know what you thought of today's conversation. Send me a message, tag the show, send me an email, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. But I'm trying to be consistent with the guests that come on while maintaining a good variety for the show. So let me know what you think. And if you're new around here, there's so much more to listen to. Be sure to go back through the archives, listen to the other episodes and and conversations that have been published. So be sure to subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, and be notified when new episodes dropped. And if you are interested in apparel or merchandise, go to shop.bashmania.com. And aside from all that, I will see you next time. See ya. And the beat goes on.